Welcome to Week 15 Podcast. Here, fantasy football season is now. We aren't just trying to make the playoffs. We're here to win them. This podcast is a So Will I Studios production. So Will I Studios is a podcasting brand founded by my wife and I. We plan on launching multiple podcasts this year, each with the intention of promoting positivity and critical thinking. This brand will cover over each podcast. We will have one YouTube channel, So Will I Studios. There will also be one Instagram account that links to all of the others. Follow us on Instagram at so.will.i.studios. We are so excited for this new journey. We can't wait to share with you. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Week 15 podcast. This episode is especially special to us because we are in a podcast studio right now. Huge shout out to Cross America there in Kokomo. Um, We'll definitely be tagging them in a lot of our stuff on social media. They have been amazing. Um, They have an amazing service that they provide the community of Kokomo where we live. Um, Couldn't be more excited to be in here. Uh, Tyler, I know you feel the same way. So again, be looking on our social media stuff for shouts for them and seeing how you can support them because they do awesome work here in the city and all over the country. Um, we're going to hop right into topic number one, bye weeks. Um, every team has one of them. They come at different times, usually inconvenient, but uh, there's a lot of different strategies and we're going to talk about um, some of the teams that double up on bye weeks. But first, Tyler, go ahead and give me your just overall thought on the idea of bye weeks in fantasy football. Yeah, as far as bye weeks go, I can't stress this enough. I do not even look at them when I am drafting. I know that a lot of people have their bye week papers right in front of them when they're drafting, but it (laughs) it is a non-factor to me at my draft. Now, mid-season, I am, of course, keeping an eye on who's going to be on bye uh, and what waiver wires I can pick up. But as far as drafting goes, it is an absolute non-factor to me. See, that's interesting to me because it is like when I'm prepping for a draft, it's like one of the first pieces of information I write down, uh, mainly for the fact that I don't want to double up like my workhorses, if that makes sense. So like this year I had Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard. And like I look right now and they both have buys in week seven. So like that concerns me. And that would be a tough week for you. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So like, that's something I always want to avoid when I'm looking at draft weeks. Um, something else that I always think about because as you know, my ego is about as, as big as it can get in my head. I'm like, I'm making the playoffs. So a week 14 buy is favorable to me. That gives me my full, if, if they have a week 14 buy, which is only two of them this year, the Cardinals and the commanders. And I'm not sure if I'm going to want anybody on my team from either one of those (laughs) two teams, but, um, the idea of a later buy is better. I would rather have all my guys in action earlier in the season than later um just just so that i can solidify my spot in the playoffs and then i can start focusing on week 15 week 16 and week 17 but if you are fighting for a spot in those final weeks True. that could come up and bite you True. especially um this year the bipocalypse if you will in my opinion is in week 13 yeah that's huge that, I, is, that is a big big week for buys this year so I, that, that is something that i'm definitely keeping my eye on the fantasy impact of the week 13 by is the Ravens, Bills, and Vikings. Obviously, a lot of fantasy talent on those three teams. They are um, they have a week 13 by. So that is that is two weeks before the playoffs begin. So if you are fighting for a spot and you know, week 13 comes along and you've got some major horses in that game, that's going to be tough. 
you know, going forward here for, for this section of our of today's podcast, we're going to list the teams that are grouped together in their buys and, and tell you which week they are. Um, it's again, it's not something to be super concerned about at this point. But like when you do get you to your draft, you want to make sure you're not doubling guys up and uh, whether you not whether or not you have a different draft strategy in terms of whether it's early in the season or later in the season, um, you know, that's that's up to you. But we wanted to give you guys our thoughts. Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy to think we're like two months away from fantasy drafts being like a thing. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't really feel like <laughs> that sounds super far away and sounds super close all at the same time. Um, I did think it was interesting too. Like in week eight and week twelve, there's no buys. Yeah. As as a selfish fantasy manager, I wish they would just move them all back. Yeah. I I, like, I, I let, like let's avoid week thirteen and fourteen altogether. Yeah. I, I want to know. Is there a reason? Like, is one of those like the first first thought that came to my head is like, um, you know, they usually do like the um, breast cancer awareness month where like everybody wears you know pink stuff. Like, yeah. is that one of those weeks maybe? And then they want to make sure everybody gets to play. I, I don't know. I, I didn't look into um, why there was no bye weeks on those weeks, but you know, it is what it is. So I'm gonna go ahead and jump right in here and start telling you about the weeks. All right, bye weeks in week five. You have the Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, and Buccaneers. Week six, you've got just the Packers and the Steelers. Week seven, you have the Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Jets, Titans, and Texans. And then in week eight, you don't have to worry about it. There are no bye weeks in week eight. And then week nine, you've got the Broncos, Lions, Jaguars, and 49ers. Week 10, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, and Rams. Week 11, you've got Falcons, Colts, Patriots, and Saints. And week 12 has nothing. And then week 13 is the gauntlet. We got Ravens, Bills, Bears, Vikings, Giants, and Raiders. And then the week before our fantasy playoffs, you are going to have to sit down your Cardinals and your Commanders. You know, as I'm, I'm reading these off, I'm thinking about, you know, quarterbacks that I've had in the past. And this kind of just goes to show you how important it is to have a solid QB, too. Because, like, if you say, okay, fantasy football, let's say there's 20 quarterbacks that are legit, that you want, like 20 quarterbacks that have real value in fantasy football. That you could start for That a you week. could start. Uh, in week 13, six six quarterbacks are out. So so then you're down to, you know, 14, maybe 15 of those top 20, and uh, you have to make your decisions. I mean, if you're if you're Justin's field, you're run, riding the Justin Fields rushing train, he's not there. Lamar. My guy, Kirk Cousins, ain't there. Lamar. Lamar's not there. Uh, Daniel Jones, we talked about him last week as a rushing threat. Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, all those guys are not running the ball in Week 13. Week 13, bipocalypse. Bipocalypse, man. So, you know, it's it's worth considering when you get to your drafts that QB2 spot is valuable because of injuries, but it's also valuable because if you can be playing a great quarterback there against somebody that has Josh Allen with, like, Tua as their backup, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that could be huge. That could be huge. No hate on Tua. Sorry, Tua. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, bye week's something to think about. If you've never thought about bye weeks in the past and uh, missed the playoffs, maybe we start thinking about buys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a non-factor for me, guys. <laughs> I care. I care. This podcast is sponsored by Brothers and Cards. We are a sports cards company committed to glorifying God and loving others through the sports cards hobby. Whether you're trying to rip packs, join breaks, or add to your collection, we got you covered. Go follow us on Instagram at Brothers and Cards and check out our subscription box at brothersandcards.com. All right, Tyler, before we get into today's topics, give me some wins. 
So as you know, I'm a teacher and school is officially out for the summer. So it's just me and the kiddos for two weeks while my wife, Kristen, wraps up her work as a principal. So that is my win for the week. School's out, baby. That's a huge win. I taught for five years. Look forward to that day for 180 days, all five years. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your win for the week, Johnny. Uh, my big win. So we had a show up in Shipshawana. A card um, show. A card show. Yeah. Brothers and Cards. I own Brothers and Cards. And we had a card show up there. Um, man, Brad Beeman, the guy that runs it. It's the it's the B Sports Card Fest. Um, but Brad Beeman runs it does just a phenomenal job promoting the show, running the show, making sure everybody's taken care of. There's a trade night um, the night before the show that just went super well. We were sponsors of that, sold a lot of our subscription boxes there. And then the next day, the show was awesome as always. Um, it was actually one of our better shows outside of the National Card Convention. So, um, you know, it doesn't do, those shows don't come along very often. So that was just absolutely a huge win. All right, next, we're going to be talking about the new NFL head coaches that were hired this year. Um, it's kind of becoming a trend, right? Like we, we've, it used to be, at least, at least I feel like when I was a kid, it was like, oh goodness, like this team's going to have a new coach this year. It was just like one or two. Steady. It yeah, was steady. It was steady. We I mean, up. a lot of coaches have been there for like a long time. Um, a lot of coaches have been there for a long time. Now we're seeing, uh, you know, everybody has a short leash. Everybody's on the hot seat right now. Um, and so when you have... Uh, these new coaches come in and you see the potential, you see the success of some new coaches. I think of uh, Brian Dabble for the Giants last year. Um, and then you see Kevin O'Connell with Minnesota. It's like, you know that there are a lot of successors waiting for their opportunity. We got five guys getting a spot this year. Two of them had coaching experience already, um, but three of them getting their first shot. Uh, Tyler, of the five new coaches, which one stands out to you the most? And let's talk about him first. Um, obviously Sean Payton comes <laughs> back from, um, absolutely. he was calling games for a little while, helping out on Sundays, um, talking about the games, stuff like that. He was the, uh, big fish in the sea, if you will. He goes to a loaded Broncos team who we thought was just a quarterback away last year. Uh, maybe they were a head coach and a quarterback away. I guess so. Apparently uh, so. so. So John Elway and George Patton did a good job. You know, we saw news reports that they did their due diligence, right? They talked to uh, Jim Harbaugh, couldn't pull him out of the college world. And then they say that they talked to D'Amico Ryans, but all these teams wanted Sean Payton and ultimately he chose the Broncos. And I was a Broncos fan last year as far as fantasy goes, and now it's just to the moon, man. I, I love the Broncos this year. I think they did a great job. Yeah, I get it. You know, I, I think um, I, I have every belief in the world that Russell Wilson is still a great quarterback in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, it was, they had a weird relationship in, in Seattle uh, with head coach Pete Carroll. Um, Pete Carroll was very clear that it was his show, and Russell Wilson was playing his part. Russell deserved more respect than that, in my opinion. But then, you know, he goes to a franchise where they're basically like, yeah, we're giving you the keys. We're going to bring another head coach along and we'll see what you can do. I'm not sure that's the best environment for us. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it was a one-year shot. I'm not saying that he can't be uh, a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady who really, you know, can just manage things by themselves. I'm not saying he can't be that. Um, but last year, I think the, the lack of stability in the head coaching situation was a problem for us. And you see these reports that he had like his own office and his own people That's weird, coming man. into the facility. That's like that, weird that was to me. Just, that was too much. And like, I get it. Tom Brady had that. And, and if you think that you're the next Tom Brady and you want that, like, okay. But Tom Brady had, you know, a lot of rings to go along with those statements. And um, I thought it was interesting. I know people were worried about backlash. Like the first time Sean Payton was in Denver. Somebody brought up the fact 
that Russell had his own guys coming in, and he was like, "That's that stops now. That that won't happen again." He's not going to have his own office space. <laughs> yeah, and, and and if you're Russell Wilson, you probably take that as like a, um, at first maybe a, a little bit of a shot, but then you know what? Let's look at reality. You didn't look like Russell Wilson last year. Your team was bad, and Sean Payton is great. And and if you uh, great players want to follow great coaches, Super and, Super Bowl winning Sean yep. Payton. Yep, Super Bowl winning Russell Wilson, and and I think there's a respect there where Russell says, okay, you know, this is your team, you're the captain, let's roll, let's roll with this. Yeah. Um, where I don't think he had that. I mean, why would you have that with Nathaniel Hackett, first time no. coach? Um, you know, we got first time coaches on this list too. It just takes a, it's it takes a different kind of relationship there, um, to be able to really be effective, and it's pretty clear that Hackett and Wilson didn't have that. Yeah, which coach do you want to talk about next? Yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead and go with my Colts and uh, Shane Steichen. Boy wonder. I'm excited about it. I am. Uh, the Colts were just have just been disappointing in the last couple of years in general. Um, you know, since the Andrew Luck debacle, man, I mean. It's just been a, a downhill slide. <laughs> we went and got Kerry Collins that year, right? Like when No, that was when Luck was hurt, I think. We had Kerry Collins at quarterback. I, I just remember thinking it will never get worse. And then, you know, Andrew Luck, like, was going to come back, and then he just retired in preseason. Brutal. Jacoby Brissett has pretty much been the only bright spot at quarterback. Um, I'm a huge Carson Wentz fan. I was ecstatic when we got Carson Wentz. I think he played real well most of the time, but his lows were just, like, unacceptable. <laughs> you know? Sometimes in the brightest of lights, too. It, it, it was one of those things where it's, like, there was probably four or five situations where we really needed him not to mess it up and he messed it up. And and I get that's unforgivable in the NFL. Um, so it was hard to see him go. I was excited. We brought Matt Ryan in. I was, I, I, he's seasoned guy has good, good offensive ground. And we just need somebody to coordinate it. Stability. Yeah. And he wasn't that. No, he wasn't that. And I thought, bad. I thought that the Colts process of getting a head coach was really drawn out and like, a little bit annoying if you're, you're telling if you me that Jeff Saturday didn't feel like a good bridge for you. No, <laughs> I just I was like, well, if I'd have known we were just sending in applications, I mean, Jeff Saturday obviously more qualified than I am, but it was just, it was just he, he was coaching high school football, yeah, that it, makes me qualified. I just, <laughs> you know, it was like, I, I, I don't know, Jim Mercer is somebody that's really hard to understand tweets out things during the draft and just makes you want to stop being a Colts fan. Like when he was like, should we also get draft Will Levis? That's what he tweeted out after we drafted Anthony. Like, dude, stop. Um, but no, Shane Steichen, proven success in Philadelphia, did great with the Eagles, who's their offensive coordinator. Great run offense. Where We have Jonathan Taylor. You know, we're looking for somebody that can cultivate that. He's the guy. Um, I think the big question with Steichen <laughs> is what can he do with Anthony Richardson? That's it, man, because we saw what he could do with Jalen Hurts. I, I, I hate the comparison between the two because I've never seen I've never seen the passing side of Anthony Richardson like we saw from Jalen Hurts, both at Alabama and at um Oklahoma. Phenomenal runner, solid passer. Anthony Richardson, he's a phenomenal a phenomenal runner. I, I would never give him more than a B in the passing game. That might be enough. Game. That might be enough. Shane Steigen's the guy to find out. That might be enough. I'm not upset about the hire. I'm not, I'm getting over the draft pick and I'm starting <laughs> to move into the supportive role of a fan. Um, but yeah, it was uh, an interesting pick. Um, but anytime you go and get a new coach, I feel like you, you got to be able to trust what he wants. Um, you know, our GM seat couldn't be any hotter. Uh, so it's like, if, if he, he has to keep his head coach happy, if there was a relationship there that bonded over Anthony Richardson, we got to roll with it. I like it. We'll find out. <laughs>
I'm trying to like it. I'm trying my best to like it. <laughs> Moving on to our third new head coach, uh, D'Amico Ryans makes a return to Houston with the Texans. This is such a feel-good story to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I was, I was going to say the same words. He he comes over uh, as the – he was. He was formerly the defensive coordinator in San Francisco, and we all know about that daunting defense that they had last year. Tell me what you, what you feel about D'Amico. You know, I think D'Amico Ryans was probably next to Sean Payton – the most sought after, at least maybe in my opinion, should have been the most sought after um, next head coach. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I don't know for sure. I should have done more research on this. I would imagine he had other opportunities outside of Houston. Oh, absolutely. Um, the fact that he chose Houston where he played his career, obviously has still has a passion for the city. They're in turmoil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like it's not like a, Oh, you know, there's a good opportunity right now in Houston for me to go and be part of the uprising. No, it's like Houston is dog crap right now, and I want to fix that. Like, I love that as a competitor. I love that as as a football fan. I love to see it. Um, he's proven. So, like this year, if Houston struggles in the next few years, if Houston struggles, D'Amico Ryan's is proven. It, it, we can't say, oh, he was a good DC and not a good head coach. I don't think that's I think we're very far away from being able to make statements like that, even if Houston goes, you know, 0 17 this year, which they won't. But, I don't, I don't but think so he either. seems like a head coach that players will play for 100 percent, 100 percent. And that's that's a huge part of it, man. Um, you know, you think like, like I mentioned, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, the players genuinely love him. I think of Dan Campbell. Yeah. Yes. And, and the players. Yeah. You watch Hard Knocks like the players genuinely love him um, where you look at the Viking situation a couple years ago, like. Dude, they didn't like Zimmer. No. There was not a lot of positivity around Zimmer. Kirk Cousins is one of the most positive guys I know. Never said a bad word about him. But it was like, when we talked about that, it was like, just like he was talking about Gruden. Like, like There was no, like, I'm passionate to play for this person. Right. He loves Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. And I just think that's a huge, a huge, um, you know, asset to have in a, in a clubhouse. And, and that's what the Texans have in Ryan's. So, Johnny, fun fact. Did, do you know who the first starting quarterback was in Panthers history? They come in in 96. I'll just give you the 95. answer. It Go was ahead. Frank Reich. No chance. It is. Like like the year they were an expansion team, yep. Frank Reich? Really? Frank Reich. Very first Look quarterback in Carolina stuff, Panthers man. history, That's Frank hilarious. Reich. And now yeah. they bring him in as a head coach. My love for the Panthers this year is well documented on this show. <laughs> I love the Panthers. I still believe they're going to win that division. I think that offensively, Frank is going to get them where they need to be, and the defense is already there. I think this was an awesome hire. Um, Frank Reich is, is a proven guy, in my opinion. What, what do you think about this hire? Yeah, you know, I, I loved Frank Reich when he was in Indy. Um, I think he was unsuccessful, right? I mean, I think there was there was a, a leadership about him that was uncommon in, like, watching Hard Knocks. Like, he's a leader of men, just a phenom- like an A-plus leader of men. Um, as far as the tools that the Colts had and what he was doing with those tools um, – I understood why he got fired. You know, like it, it was never, it was never enough. Um, and so to see him go to a franchise that it has a lot of growing to do. I mean, I think I think the Panthers have an awesome opportunity in the NFC South. I think they have a lot of players that are going to be good, like in the near future. Um, putting him there to lead them and grow them as players and professionals, awesome. Putting in the, him in there and saying, 
we're going to win a Super Bowl in this decade with Frank Reich. Like, I don't see that. But, you know, we'll see. I'm rooting for him. Absolutely rooting for him. You take a look at the quarterback carousel that he just came sure. from in yeah. Indianapolis. Yeah. Now he gets Bryce Young to come in there, and mm-hmm. he's going to be the stable factor. Hopefully Reich can get Young going and that the, the, the team can be successful as well. I think it was really hard for Frank Reich and Indy because I know that he pushed really hard to get Carson Wentz. Like, you know that was a huge push for him. And like I said earlier, Carson Wentz was really good 90% of the time. And so I think I think the really low lows, the trying to throw a ball left-handed and getting pick six, like that has nothing to do with Frank Reich. No. <laughs> like, that has absolutely nothing but to he would, do. But he would fall on the grenade he for him would. every time. He would. And, you know, that goes for every, you know, mishap in the whole season. That wasn't just Carson Wentz. That was anything, you know. A phenomenal human being, phenomenal leader. Can't really ask for a better leader. Um, he he has a little bit of a stain from Indy because of the quarterback carousel and the absolute, um, you know, downfall of a couple guys that nobody expected downfalls from. So, you know, I have a lot of grace for Frank Reich. I truly am rooting for him. Our final head coaching hire, Johnny, is arguably the worst position I think that was available. Um, <laughs> former Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon goes to the Arizona Cardinals. It is their fourth head coach in seven years. Uh, Kyler Murray may not be ready to start the year after his ACL tear. This is just an absolute overhaul of a franchise right now, and I feel so bad for Jonathan Gannon. Dude, I, here's the thing. It's one of those franchises that's blowing up. Kyler Murray, you, ha- you, have, you have DeAndre Hopkins. They just cut him. They cut DeAndre Hopkins. Before they cut him, you have him talking about how he wants to go play for another franchise with a quarterback that cares about football. Yeah. How are you supposed to recruit a receiver to fill DeAndre Hopkins' shoes who just said, our quarterback doesn't care about football? Yeah. Um, I mean, they they didn't get a fifth-round draft pick from somebody for yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. They just cut him. <laughs> um, to go with that, you know, you look at the draft situation, and I said, going, you were with me. On draft night, I said three things you can guarantee. Bryce Young goes number one, C.J. Stroud goes number two, and the Cardinals trade out of number three. Yep. Happened. I felt like a genius out of the first three picks. The Colts go ahead and take Anthony Richardson at four. That really blew my mind a little bit. But, um, uh, uh, with the first three picks, and, and so I'm like, good for you, Cardinals. I looked at the trade, and I thought, man, I, it's hard to believe that that was the highest price that they could get. Um, but then it, it was like, okay, then they traded back. Like they traded it into the first round, basically gave up that capital again. I'm like, you guys are so far away from winning. The Cardinals might be the worst team in the NFL this year. Right now they are. Like that, my hot take is that their team were worried about winning only one or two games. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's with Kyler Murray coming back at some point, you know, and uh, it's tough division. Um, like, like who are you excited about for the Cardinals right now? As, as a coach, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to go there. We just lost your, your veteran staple on defense retired. Yep. Is Hassan Reddick still there? I I don't know. I, I'd have to look it up. I think I heard that he wanted out. You know, you, you as a franchise, you just hired an NFL head coach with his first job, and your your team has no stability to it. What do I do with James Conner, Johnny? <laughs> On fantasy? What, what do I do with him? You, you know, hope, this you is a fantasy some, show. What do I do? Somebody else drafts him in like I the do? sixth round. I've already got him. He's a keeper. <laughs> what do I do with him? I can't trade him. Who'd you get him from? I have James Conner, and I kept him. What do yeah. I do with him? I thought I, I traded I, him to you like a couple years ago. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking crap now. I'm I don't know what to do with James Conner. I don't know either. 
If I'm James Conner, I'm starting to like answer phone calls. I know that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Rough. Rough. Not excited it. for the Cardinals. No, not at all. Fact, fun, 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 fun fact, fun fact, fun, fun fact, fact, fun facts, fun facts. I changed majors after my sophomore year in college. And I am coaching three different baseball teams at the same time. Topic number three, we have already covered weeks 15 and 16. Let's talk about our fantasy championship in week 17, Johnny. Yeah, you know, it. it's funny to think about. Only two teams in your league are gonna. This is gonna matter to. So I guess you can think about right now whether or not that's gonna be you or not. Um, I'm planning on being there. So I know Tyler's hoping he's on the opposite bracket than I am. Uh, <laughs> not too worried at this moment. I was gonna say yeah. We we uh we both did pretty well last year, but neither one of us won it. So <laughs> I made I made it to week 17, and I did not come out successful so in the two years before that i made it to week 17 also did not come out successful but week 17 championship week it's a week that we plan to work for um and then once you get there just gotta see what's on you yeah we'll get you there (laughs) then it's on you then it's on you all right so i'm just gonna read through this week 17 schedule real quick and again I, i wouldn't even necessarily say that this has anything to do with how you draft week 15 matters to me a little bit as you draft week 17 is a something that you build for later because what we're going to know in weeks 13 and 14 of the season, while we can still make, you know, trade or, or at least, you know, add drops um, before it gets like too cut. Um, you know, we're going to know a lot more about that. So I wouldn't say that week 17 really has any factor as to who you're drafting. I kind of, I kind of lump 15, <clears throat> 16 and 17 all together. So really? I'm, I'm looking for guys who in those three weeks all have it either really good or like, really solid yeah and i'll it, talk about some of those in a minute yeah and in, in, in just next week as we project you're going to hear us talk about the guys in position that have the top playoff situations um and what we will group those together 15 yep. 16 17 like joe burrow big bright spot for me um in the playoffs and i, I haven't done all of my research it's going to be hard for me to pick somebody else but like if you have joe burrow on your team right now in my opinion off of what we've done so far his playoff run for fantasy football is gorgeous. Yeah. Give us the give us the lineup, Johnny. Week yeah, 17. This is it. your right. fantasy championship. We got the Jets at Browns, Lions at Cowboys, Patriots at Bills, Falcons at Bears, Raiders at Colts, Rams at Giants, Cardinals at Eagles, Saints at Buccaneers, 49ers at Commanders, Panthers at Jaguars. Dolphins at Ravens, Titans at Texans, Steelers at Seahawks, Chargers at Broncos, Bengals at Chiefs, Packers at Vikings. Talk to me. What sticks out to you? Jonathan Taylor, the Philadelphia Eagles, all of them. And holy cow, what a matchup. We get the Bengals and the Chiefs in our fantasy championship week 17 that is what stuck out to me. Give me the Lions and the Cowboys, Jonathan Taylor, all of the Eagles, and I cannot wait to watch that Week 17 matchup with the Bengals and the Chiefs. Also, your Minnesota Vikings. Load me up. Yeah, yeah. Rivalry game um, inside in Minnesota. I like all of those things. Uh, again, we have a situation where we got some gunslingers in 
potentially bad weather situations. Um, I cannot wait. I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes throw it in a tornado. I, I don't absolutely. Um, they're going to show up. Those two are going to show up no matter what. No matter. No what. matter what. No matter what. It, it's going to be who has the ball last again. Um, excited for that game already. Uh, you know. Yeah, uh, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. They're going to be slinging it in mile high, hoping for not a snowstorm. <laughs> just decent weather. But yeah, just just yeah. But that's potential. Um, but no, I, I'm with you. I, I love the Eagles. Yeah, we just talked about how bad the Cardinals are going to be. Yeah. In your fantasy championship, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be playing the Cardinals. At home. Lo- just load up. If you if you can load up on Eagles, if, it's going to be tough early. We saw the strength of schedule. Theirs is the toughest at this moment. But if you get to the playoffs, the Eagles are a ride. Just yeah. ride the Eagles through your playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... That's pretty wild to me. Um, the other thing that I like is the Cowboys at home in Week 17. Bad lines defense. Bad lines defense. You, that division is going to be tough. You're going to be playing for something significant here at home. It's going to be a high-scoring game because yeah. the Lions' offense is really, really good. Yeah. And um, here's the other thing I'll say. Like, I, I care. Normally, my head goes to quarterback. Um, right now in that game, I'm thinking everybody else because, you know, I, I'm, I'm still a Dak believer. Um, but – We've seen that even if he gets hurt, Cooper Rush is not. He's formidable. He, he, he's good enough to get it to your playmakers. Yeah. And they have playmakers. Um, I'm a Tony Pollard guy. and It's his job now. Like He's he's going to have a lot of catches in that game. As long as he's healthy, he's going to have a lot of rushes in that game. I like that matchup a lot. Um, Jared Goff, season quarterback, throwing against aggressive corners. I like that too. I like him on Ross St. Brown. Um the Lions have done a lot of work to help their team. That's a game that I look at in Week 17 as potentially uh, being very fruitful. Jonathan Taylor at home against the Raiders. Yep. And then and then on the other side of the ball, Josh Jacobs against a historically bad Colts defense. Johnny, especially I, rushing defense. And I, I, I know you, you're hoping that improves. Yeah. But Josh Jacobs was a fantasy stud muffin last year. Easy for sure. For sure. You know, the other game that sticks out to me, and I know we've talked a lot about how good we think the Panthers could be, and I, I, I stand, I, I'm with you. I don't disagree. I like Trevor Lawrence at home. I, I like Trevor Lawrence at home. Um, again, they've put a lot of money into his weapons, into his line. He has proven to be worth every bit of the recruit that he was to the NFL, the number one sure pick and all that. Um, coming off season with the playoff win, they've, they've done so much to build around him that I, I do feel confident against him. I mean, just like like you wouldn't care if Joe Burrow was playing the Panthers. It would be a non-factor. No, it wouldn't. I, I wouldn't um, care. I would definitely start him. But that Panthers defense I, I'm not is saying going Trevor to surprise Lawrence you. is as good as, as Joe Burrow. And I agree. I think the Panthers defense is going to be solid this year. But at home, Trevor Lawrence in Week 17, playoff time. We saw him come alive last year. I like that matchup. Um, he's going to be one of my quarterbacks that I like through the playoffs, uh, the fantasy football playoffs. Another high-scoring game that that just sticks out to me is the Dolphins and the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Dolphins score a lot in, of points in Baltimore. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson is—he's gonna. I'm so in, the the Ravens are gonna be somebody that I don't know. What I'm gonna see every week this year, just based on the personnel they have, because they have Odell and Lamar, and they, they you know they drafted uh, Zay Flowers, um, J.K. Dobbins if he's healthy. Like they have all these weapons, but Mark, we Mark Andrews. We saw games. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, uh, we saw games. When they had nobody and made it work, we saw games when they had everybody and blundered it. Yeah. You know, so like it's one of those situations where you never know what you're going to get with Baltimore. And so I'm not a big guy on taking 
huge risks uh, for my fantasy football playoffs, um, like with the Ravens in that situation. But if you have them and they go off, that's that's a that's a perfect situation for them to go off. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a great slate, Johnny. We just talked about like eight games. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> That's slate. That's more than we talked about in the other That's weeks. That's a great slate. So, so when me and you are in the championship, uh, we're going to care about all that stuff. Um, when everybody else in our league isn't, you know, they can, they'll be all right. <laughs> um, all right, man. Hey, listen, guys, we love hanging out with you. We appreciate every single one of you guys for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at week 15 podcast. We have a lot of plans to have more interactive content where we get feedback from you guys, or we run polls on our Instagram story um, where we just kind of, you know, that we, we're not going to start a face group, Facebook group. We're not going to start, uh, you know, a website for a while. We're, we're planning on communicating with you guys mostly through our Instagram, and we want to communicate a lot. So make sure you follow us at Week 15 Podcast. We'll make sure we get, do some followbacks. We want to help you guys out as well and support you in whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Tyler, anything else before we yeah, sign off? Yeah, big shout out to Cross America. Again, just want to fill them up. This place is really, really awesome. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Just being in here with the mics, the backdrop over here, this is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Huge shout out there and to Crystal Sandburn for uh, helping set it all up for us and, and being so good at communicating with us. Um, guys, till next week, we'll see you.